Hello and welcome to the Marketing Meetup Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Today we have a really, really, really useful, instructive, practical session on how to build your profile on LinkedIn, whether that's your company page or your personal page. A dead, 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 dead useful session from Michelle Raymond and the very famous now Leah Turner, uh, who between the two of them provided an hour of practical, thoughtful, energetic, useful knowledge to help you improve your LinkedIn presence. Uh, this was a great session, one I really, really enjoyed, and I hope you will too. It's an uh, interview format, so we get straight into it, and I hope you enjoy that. Uh, before I get started with the episode, I just want to say a big thank you to our sponsors for this week. Uh, this week, our featured sponsor is Cambridge Marketing College. Cambridge Marketing College have been sponsors for the past seven years for the Marketing Meetup. And if you're looking for your CIM qualifications or marketing apprenticeships, then Cambridge Marketing College are the place to go. Uh, they're very lovely humans who have been sponsoring the Marketing Meetup now for seven years, which is just incredible. So do take the time to check out Cambridge Marketing College and our remaining sponsors. And uh, in the meantime, I'll pass over now to uh, myself with the first question of the interview with Michelle and Leah. Thank you for listening. So let's get into the questions. And today is just an interview, so it's nice and easy. So Michelle, I'm going to come to you first because you're radiating the good vibes. You came on 15 minutes ago and I was just like, ah. I like Michelle a lot. She's wicked. So uh, first things first, uh, what do you hope to achieve uh, when you uh, interact with LinkedIn? Well, uh, why do you go there? Yeah. Well, domination, just like everybody else. <laughs> isn't it? Uh, yeah, look, for me, that's that's always been my goal. If anyone that's worked with me will know that. But um, to kind of rewind, why am I on there? Essentially, I fell in love with LinkedIn about eight years ago as part of I'm a salesperson by heart, B2B sales. And I just realized the impact that you can have and the people you can reach and the community that, that you can build worldwide. So I'm absolutely obsessed with sharing my knowledge now with other B2B businesses to teach them how to use LinkedIn without spamming other people and, you know, help them grow their business. Because the way I see it, the more people that grow their business, more people get employed and that's, you know, gives people choices and that's a world I want to live in. So that's why I'm here. So I appreciate the opportunity to speak to all of your marketers. It's been uh, positively fabulous. So thanks, Joe. <laughs> Blimey, what a wonderful, <laughs> wholesome answer. That's, that's so nice, Michelle. <laughs> So nice. We uh, know Leah's here for the cheese, right? <laughs> what about the cheese? <laughs> let's let's take it to Leah. I mean, so reflecting on uh, why you post on LinkedIn today, uh, why why do you head to the platform? Um, well, it started just because I wanted to find a few extra clients for my original small business. Um, mm -hmm. Now I think there's there's a fair few reasons obviously I'm still looking to make money like we're all on there at some in some way to make money or further our career opportunities but there's more to it now because I have an actual community that I adore and it's fun like I genuinely enjoy interacting with people making friends and creating an impact which I've you know I'm very lucky that the brand that I've grown and the sort of um visibility that I now have I'm able to use it to make far more impact than just making myself money um I can actually you know support charities facilitate events 
um, help people grow their own businesses and not just their businesses, their self-confidence, their creativity, their, you know, their, their dreams and their goals are bigger because they start believing in themselves. And, you know, that's, that's a huge honor to, to be in that position, but I wouldn't be on LinkedIn if I wasn't finding it fun. So I think, you know, the fun is at the heart of it is that I enjoy that my creativity is appreciated and it can make people smile honestly you you do a great job and and watching the journey from the outside in outside i don't know i don't even what i'm saying there but watching the journey from the outside uh like you can definitely sort of uh see how you've grown and and that journey's taken you and and i think i certainly look at it with not that you need my validation but like with pride you know that like you're doing well you know it's nice it's really nice um and and with that spirit i mean like you start the question uh the answer there with like I wanted to start finding folks um, to interact with my small business. So how long was it in that beginning stage for you to start getting any kind of traction on LinkedIn? Um, it was so right at the very start, I was just posting, like someone scrolled back to my first post recently, <laughs> shared it with me and it had like eight likes from my old colleagues. And it was just like a typical corporate corporate-ish like talking about what I do and what I offer just pitching myself basically which yeah. is so cringe to look back on um <laughs> and I got no interaction then and it wasn't until I started getting involved in the comments first mm -hmm. and realizing that actually when I'm because I used to be like I'd leave like a sassy funny comment in someone's comment section I'd be like <clears throat> <laughs> um, I'm going to be in trouble for this like should I really say this and then I saw like I braved it and got a few good interactions and that's when I started going hold on mm. I probably can be funny here and I remember tentatively posting a silly meme once mm -hmm. and was like oh probably shouldn't put this on LinkedIn and I really was panicking <laughs> and then it blew up and I got I think it was like 25,000 views which now obviously isn't um, a huge amount for but at the time with a very small amount of followers like it's still in the hundreds. I was like, oh my God, that did really well. And that was the kind of point where I went, okay, hold on, I can be funny here. Like I can bring some personality to it. And that's when I started getting traction when I actually went, yeah, the corporate stuff isn't going to work. The the silly fun stuff um, is gets me across better and feels better. And even though I shat myself every time. <laughs> every time I was trying to be funny, I was like, I'm going to get in trouble. They're going to kick me off. Um, but no, it worked. So yeah, it was just, it's developed since then. That's so lovely though. And, and the fact that you're able to pinpoint it to a, a single moment and sort of say, oh, that was, you know, that meme was the moment where it all changed. And and just to point out there, because I think you made two really wonderful sort of actionable things right off the bat there, which is the first of all that you sort of spoke about commenting as as a way to, pop in and, and sort of start your journey mm -hmm. and then the second was about that authenticity that uh, sorry I used the a word the authenticity bit but also um you know being yourself and 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 pushing the boat out a little bit those are all sort of actionable things that folks can take straight away we've got Chloe in the comments who says it's great that you would just went for it and that uh, we'll and I got with clients like that's that's the thing before I even started posting the fun stuff because mm -hmm. I had my profile sorted and and a good headline I was still getting clients even though I wasn't getting traction on my posts because I I was commenting in places of people that I knew needed my services mm -hmm. so you don't have to be like 
get viral posts to get clients like yep. there is possibility to do that why have you gone all blurry i don't know it might just be you'll find that we're, 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 we're still here so <laughs> <laughs> a little bit drunk yeah yeah it might be, yeah it might be. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not going there um michelle did you have a, a similar sort of inflection point at any point where you were like ah oh, you know this changed for me um oh i get it now um you know, was, was there a clicking moment or have you always sort of like been instinctively sort of there and, and, and fine with it? Yeah, look, I started on LinkedIn when I turned up to a job in a sales role, new industry, had no idea what I was doing in that industry, no existing relationships. And I turn up and they say, Michelle, here's your customer list, 80 customers uh-huh. spread around Australia with 10,000 ingredients. Cause I used to sell all the ingredients that go into skincare and hair care and all the beauty products, um, which turned out to be a really amazing job. And here's where I fell in love with it as a salesperson. I, one of my clients was Unilever, you know, just one of those small brands in the world. And they were about 20 minutes away from where I worked and they were my client. And to get into that, you know, see the research and development team on that side, it's like a process. It would take me so long. Mm -hmm. But then on LinkedIn, when I started to build my community, which was just at the time a way for me to have one conversation with many other people without traveling in Sydney traffic. And then I realized over time, I built up this amazing beauty community that started off local. And then it went further out in Australia. Then I went further out into other countries. And then over time, I could reach the head of Unilever in North America, in Europe, and just say, hey, this is what I create on, you know, my content on LinkedIn is about beauty trends. Can you give me some ideas about what you guys are up to? And they would just tell me. And I was like, there's no gatekeeper. This is amazing. Um, And so for me, the further and bigger that that got, and we're talking eight years ago, in an industry that is still very behind the times technologically. And it was just like, I had free reign to reach as many people as I wanted. And the opportunities still come. I haven't worked in that industry for about three years now, nearly four years. And the opportunities are still coming from that community that I built. Most of my business is coming from it. And basically what happened was um, I never set out to have my own business. I had to quit a job on the spot, right? I just won a $2 million deal on LinkedIn from a post. And that is a true story, right? $2 million worth of business, but the business owner I I worked with decided to renege on that offer because it was hand sanitizer. Yeah, uh, gold, uh, like the gold rush, <laughs> right? And so I woke up the next day and said, I'm never going to work for anybody else ever again. And so I'd never set out to be a LinkedIn trainer that wasn't even on the horizon. It was only that I, you know, after six months of trying to come up with an idea for a business, I reached out to someone who just started to post on LinkedIn because we we're in lockdown because of COVID and said, try this, this, and this. It'll really help you because I love helping people. And mm. thankfully she said to me, Michelle, where did you learn all this stuff? I wish I could learn from you. And I was like, oh, it was there all along. I'm going to teach the beauty industry and chemical industry how to use LinkedIn. And then so I wrote this training program. I ran back and I was like, ta-da, I've done it. And they went, yeah, we don't really want that right now. And I was like, oh God, I'm stuffed. And so I went to the next client and I said, I've written this training program. And they looked at me like this. Can't you just do it for us? Like just that stuff that you've been doing for you. Can't you just do it for us? And I was like, is that even a job? And they're like, yeah, we'll pay you. And I was like, hang on, let me just see how that works. And I do a bit of research. 
oh, I can be a company page admin and that's not against the terms and conditions of LinkedIn. So ta-da, I'm now into company pages and you know, <laughs> fast forward three years and here we are now. So uh, yeah, that's how it, there was a couple of moments, but they're some of the key ones. Nice. That's amazing. And like, I'd, I'd love that you both use the word community because that's, that's interesting, right? Because of course the terminology that LinkedIn use uh, when someone connects with you is either connection or follower right you know and, and and neither of you have said oh I've grown to x followers or, or whatever it may be so that speaks to a mindset to me as much as anything else um Michelle like how do you how do you think about community in the first instance on LinkedIn and and how do you nurture that if, if that's the the right word acknowledging that's probably a bit bit cack-handed as a word <laughs> no I, I think it's the perfect word um you know as a salesperson a social seller teaching marketers how to use LinkedIn specifically it is about the nurturing it is about the relationships it's you know too many people think it's the content or the algorithm like mm -hmm. I don't think anybody has any idea how many times Leah refers business in the DMs that nobody will ever see like mm -hmm. nobody knows to the extent that she does that kind of stuff and I do something very similar we approach LinkedIn from a space of I, I think what goes around comes around is what my nan told me and that's the only way I can describe it and the more that you give out the more it comes back and LinkedIn's a really lonely place if you try and do it by yourself so the more that you start to collaborate and have you know these connections all around the world um, and sometimes they're competitors sometimes they're from random kind of places other countries like there's just no limit. And for me, once I built my community, it was really hard because I had a 5,000 followers in my beauty community. Mm -hmm. And then I had to park that and say, sorry, I'm not talking about beauty anymore. I am now a LinkedIn trainer. Mm -hmm. And I had to go through another rebuild, which was like that, you know, really shook me uh, for a bit because it went really quiet. It went from, you know, everything was rocking to quiet. And I, I think that was good because it, I had to relearn how to build again and to anyone out there if you think it's going slow just it builds up momentum over time and patience is the best lesson that I can give when it comes to building community but once you build it it's just so amazing and uplifting that's great that's so so good I, that's so powerful I, I gotta say that um my reflection on the second half of last year was that I sort of came quite closed off to um, folks getting in touch because the reality is, you know, that everyone gets spammed, right? You know, everyone gets spammed off uh, with all sorts of stuff. Um, and, and so um, I became quite close to the, those idea of that idea of collaboration and, 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 and stuff. But I think what you've just mentioned there is so powerful and, and really meaningful, actually, because the temptation, even in this session, would be to focus on posts as an example um, but the fact there, you know, that you, you've effectively got a register of people in certain jobs in certain industries to get in touch with. And if the message is powerful, relevant enough, there's a chance they may get back. And that just doesn't happen. You know, that's so powerful. Um, Leah, in, in, your, in your answer earlier, you, you mentioned um, you started getting leads because your profile was right. Um, and I want to pick up on that because there'll be some people who are sat here like, oh, you know, what's that mean? Um, so if we were going to sort of say the top things that people need to be doing on their, their LinkedIn profile right now that they can be looking at, um, what, what's the checklist look like for you? Uh, so the main one, and every time I bring this up in a webinar, people go, oh, my God, I had no idea. Making sure your, pub your photo is set to public. 
because mm -hmm. there are so many people that don't realize that there's still a gray circle to anyone they're not connected to. And it happened. I don't know if LinkedIn changed a setting a while back, but and people or it's when they've changed their photos or something. Mm -hmm. But if you check on your profile photo being set to public, not anything else, just public. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you won't grow the headline. These are like your shop window bits, because these are the bits that out in the feed when you comment on someone's post. That's what people can see. So the first 45 to 50 characters of your headline are visible everywhere. Every time you comment, reply to a comment, send a connection request, it's not always your whole headline. And if you look at your own headline in your different behaviors on LinkedIn, where you leave a comment when you post, it changes. So those that first 45 characters of your headline needs to tell people who that you work with, what you do for them. So no helping headlines as well, because... <laughs> There nice. are so many helping headlines you will blend in. So, for example, mine says if Carlsberg did LinkedIn trainers, because it's a nod to my kind of quirky personality and being quality. And it says what I do. Um, but, you know, there are people like I always use the example. Dave helps mortgage brokers increase their revenue. So having a headline that says making mortgage brokers more money when he comments on a mortgage brokers post, they go, oh, that's interesting. And then visit his profile. And then your profile needs to be entirely customer focused. So a banner that says what you do for people and about section that speaks to their pain points and helps them to understand how you solve it and has a call to action. Featured posts that have social proof, testimonials, case studies, articles that you've written that show your authority in the space. Um, helpful, helpful downloads that they can download from like a lead magnet that you can then keep their email addresses. Um, it needs to all be focused around helping the person that you want on your profile, a, a cover video that's that actually pitches to them and says what you do and invites them to get in contact like it so many people make the mistake of having their profile all about who they are and what they've got and the skills that they've got and it's like no no, no. I want to know what you do for me yeah. not what qualifications that you've got there's a section for that yeah. but your about section should be about what you do for me because at the core we're all self-interested when we go to these things and we want to know what's in it for us Absolutely. And th that's really interesting. I mean, like that, that little tip there of like, uh, removing the helping, like that's, that's really, really useful. Do you, uh, I, I can't remember your headline from, from, uh, top of my head. So do you still have LinkedIn coach, uh, in the language? I'm no, so I don't, CEO. yeah. So I don't have coach because uh -huh. people kept mistaking coach for like, <laughs> I, I'm a coach that is on LinkedIn, not, uh -huh. I tr train people how to use LinkedIn. Um, and I kept getting like, loads of people messaging me with their life problems <laughs> I was like maybe that's not the right the, the right word um so mine is it says um if Carlsberg did LinkedIn trainers so yeah, trainers it it's, says it's, what I do yeah but and then it's got like corporate training group training keynote speaker okay uh, so it's got those keywords that help me to get found for things people might be looking at looking for um like if you're a speaker you need to have keynote speaker or speaker in your headline because people searching for speakers will actually look for that word and then you'll come up in the search results so that's important too but the first most visible part like check your own comment sections check how your headline looks and that's the bit that you need to really really nail because you're marketing yourself with every single comment that's bang on and we've got uh, helen in the uh, in the chat here saying uh, just make my photo photo visible for everyone uh, a brilliant tip always one. <laughs> yeah it's There's so always... annoying because when you upgrade your profile photo it automatically goes to only visible for secondary connections now which is most people go 
well, whatever, just okay. And off you go. And you don't realize, like Leah said, like, and we've got so many little gray faces around the place. So hopefully <laughs> we'll see some more it's smiling got me ones. so many clients when I've pointed that out to people and they've gone, oh my God, I really do need a LinkedIn trainer. that's great that's 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 a a a cold email that you pay attention to right a screenshot of your face with just it being grayed out you absolutely would and exactly to the point of all of this uh, like to michelle's uh, story you know people will respond if it's useful um they won't if it's not um we've we've done the checklist there for personal profiles so how about company pages uh michelle because that's that's difficult right no, not really, because <laughs> good, I'm, gonna pretty much, I'm pretty much going to say it's almost a ditto to everything that Leah just said, right? So there's this misconception that company pages are this big beast that's so different and not very much, very similar to a profile. LinkedIn's changed. Post-COVID, it's a whole new world. It's a lot more personal and company pages need to be the same. So mm-hmm. all my little marketing friends that are out here listening, please go and put some love back into the company pages. And the same thing applies. You want a banner that rocks and speaks to what you do and who you do it for in a way that it just screams, this is the problem you have and we're going to take that problem away. And all the business is, is you just exchange money to take the pain away. Like that's all that we really do. So banners that rock, we've always got the logo. Now the tagline on a company page, we have to get even more creative because you have 220 characters roughly on a personal profile on a company page. You only have just over a hundred, it's about 120, right? So you have to get super creative. So make it count. Um, It doesn't show up in as many places, but again, every opportunity, you want to make sure that people don't have to guess what your business does. So if I have some advice about the about section, very similar to the about section that we just talked about. It's all about what you do for the people out there. Who are those ideal customers and what do you do for them? So I don't want to see any more broadcasts about how amazing your company is. That's a given. (laughs) If I see words like customer centric, that's a given, right? Like what, you know, what company isn't customer centric, right? Um, So from those kind of things and make it easy to contact people, you know, and that's, also really important over on the company page. The only thing that I would say there is that LinkedIn tells us you get 30% more impressions if you complete every section. Now, what LinkedIn doesn't do is always highlight, hey, we've just added a couple more sections like the workplace commitments. How about you go back and fill that in? It just kind of pops in. And if you're not looking for it or not aware of it, all of a sudden there might be a chance that you miss out on 30% of impressions. So just go back and all you have to do is click on the little pencil um, and it will take you through step by step and just check are the details up to date. Sometimes it can be that somebody's left the company, you've moved offices, someone forgot to update the company page of the new address. Um, And also, if I have to give you one backup, like one tip, it's to have a backup page admin. The last thing that you want to do is end up with a LinkedIn help team because the person that set the page up left the business, hopefully on good terms. If they left on bad, you're in more trouble. Uh, (laughs) But have a backup page admin at all times because you never know if someone's going to end up in LinkedIn jail. We, of course, hope that they don't, but it can happen for all kinds of reasons, but all kinds of people. Um, Exhibit A uh, is on this call with us, right? Uh, So (laughs) it's one of those things that having a backup is really helpful just in case something happens, which, of course, we hope it doesn't. But, yeah, it can. Nice. I love that. Thank you very much. And on the point, so I, I love how you start the answer there with a lot of the, the same things apply. Um, 
I'm probably going to say something you're going to disagree with here, but I think that's that's good, which is that um, I treat my company page at the Marketing Meetup as as less of a uh, an awareness um, based uh, activity, more of like a you know, if we're using funnel language, then it would be like a consideration based activity in the sense that when I post on the the company page, I don't necessarily expect it to be seen by thousands and thousands and thousands of people in the same way as a personal page. Um, but what I hope is that if someone clicks on the marketing meetup, they get a sense and the flavor of uh, what the marketing meetup is. So do you use each of your pages differently for whether or not we use the funnel analogy, um, but do you use them differently uh, with, with that kind of mindset? Or is, am I getting it completely wrong? No, you're not. We're actually going to agree on this one. And it's no surprise, you do not get as much reach on your company page as what you do on your personal profile. I wish I could come and tell you the magic sauce that would make that problem go away. But ultimately, that's set on a LinkedIn side of things. So play within the rules and the boundaries of what we've got. And so I call it my greatest hits library. So for people wondering, what should I put on my company page if I'm time poor or resource poor, which marketers are often juggling so many different platforms at once. You know, I've got my SEO hat, my Instagram hat, my TikTok hat, you know, it's like stretched and further and further. So um, I don't know if anyone on the call is old enough to remember buying like CDs back in the day. Uh, you would buy a CD and there would be three things on it out of the 20 <laughs> but yeah I'm the old one right it's okay it's okay I'm, I you know I turned 47 this year I, I you know it's okay um but yeah there would be three songs on there but you'd have to spend like the whole amount to buy the whole cd before spotify existed right mm -hmm. so then what happens is they would put out these greatest hits albums and it was just everything that you loved all the number one hits so treat your company page the same put the best of the best content that you've got you can repurpose it from your personal profile if you're a single you know or a small business it's okay to bring it across just don't do it on the same day and don't press share but ultimately it's a destination rather than as you said something that shows in the home feed one small point to keep in mind is that if someone googles your business name because of LinkedIn's trust factor, you're going to show up probably on that first page um, of search results. Your company page will show up probably in the top half most times. Now, if someone clicks on your website and checks that out, fine. They'll go to the next results, most likely going to be a company page. They come across, what are they going to find? It, you know, basically, is it going to be clear, nothing to find, or is it going to be the greatest hits library? And uh, yeah, that's the easiest way for me to help you. That's a brilliant way of thinking of it. Thank you so much. That's a really, really brilliant answer. And I, I'd never even considered the SEO, like the Google SEO sort of element of it, but that's that's bang on. So thank you. That's really, really useful. And I think gives a big use case uh, for company pages. I can see right now that we've got 53 open questions uh, in in, uh, in in the Q&A. Um, so what I'm going to ask is, folks, if you see a question that you would like, and I'd encourage you to scroll pretty much down to the bottom if you find a question that you like uh give it a thumbs up in the q a because that means that we can prioritize it um we've got like 28 minutes left and we're going to try and get through as many as we can uh, throughout the rest of this session I've, I've i've had my fun now this is about you um also do put in the chat pop in the chat feature your first cd that you bought uh mine was <laughs> miss dynamite um and i'm proud uh and uh yeah i'd, I'd love to know <laughs> and if you're not old enough go and look it up kiddies because uh, i know that there's probably lots of 20 odd year olds going what you didn't have spotify like yeah. no the music was on actual 
actual physical things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you saved up for a week to buy one because it was so expensive. But, oh, um, yeah. cassette and you had to record the top 40 and try and get it so that you didn't get Not the, the intro first at the beginning. <laughs> That was first world problems. Yeah, oh, yeah. So <laughs> God, there, there are some really wonderful uh, suggestions here. There are also some, some very tragic ones. Oh, LimeWire. That's one I haven't heard that. of for a while. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's get back on topic. Otherwise, we're going to yeah. nostalgia hour. Um, so let's take the top question uh, from Lady. I hope I've pronounced that wrong. I'm, uh, right. I'm pretty sure I'm not. Um, you'll have to forgive me. But let's let's take it to Leah which is um, how do you incentivize your colleagues to build their LinkedIn profile to boost the company's visibility? Um, I, I, can... I think, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a tricky one. You're going to have to accept that there are some people that it's just not going to, like there are certain age demographics that I find when I'm training teams and it does tend to be the older generation that are like the remember life before the internet that are less social media um enthusiastic that tend to be harder to convince um but it's selling it with the benefits to them so rather than just talk about how it will benefit the company you need to talk about it being an insurance policy for their future career because having a network and access to other professionals within their field within um other professions within the recruitment industry wherever it is they've then got a group of people that want to see them be okay and succeed and are interested in them and have a connection with them so if they were to suddenly lose their job tomorrow they'd be able to like I've seen so many times post on LinkedIn and boom got a job um or you've got people out there referring you and recommending you and and tagging you in things when there's opportunities so Mm -hmm. I think it's more about selling them the potential opportunities for their future as well as within the company rather than just saying you need to do this because it will benefit the company because then it just feels like more work and they're thinking well why should I log on to LinkedIn at 7 p.m and scroll and post anything Mm. because it I'm not getting paid for this whereas you want LinkedIn to be a place that they're doing it for their own benefit because it's fun and they enjoy it and and they're learning and they're engaging and they're networking so I I present it more as for their own benefit with a you know, the side benefit of potentially getting them leads and helping their career within the company as well. I think that's great. You know, it's really, really important. And, you know, the fact that you would be using company resources to benefit them as people feels like a really strong uh, argument to be made. I mean, how beyond that, uh, and I, I think a lot of people would buy into the logic of, or I've heard tons of people who say, oh, I'd love to do that. But then usually it's a confidence thing more than anything, you know, taking that first step and doing the first post or the first comment. You've even spoken about it when you did your first meme where you're like, oh, God, you know, um, have you have you ever have you stumbled across something where you're like, ah, you know, this is the the secret source for like getting people to make their first post. When it comes to employees, I think mm-hmm. the biggest boundary that because I work a lot with corporates and, and bigger groups of um, of staff now the biggest barrier that a lot of them have is not knowing where the boundaries are professionally. So because they don't have a clear social media guidelines within the company or a single point of contact, if there's any ambiguity that they can say, actually, 
you know, is this one okay to, to, because you've got the opposite end of the spectrum where compliance is literally got them in a chokehold and they can't do anything, or you've got them that they've got no guidelines. And so they're anxious because they're like, but what if I say something that I shouldn't? I don't know what I'm allowed to put on LinkedIn. I don't know what I'm allowed to say or what I shouldn't say. So because there's that ambiguity and it creates such anxiety, they just don't do it. And they're like, it's just safer not to. So I think it's empowering your staff by having clear guidelines and saying, look, we don't talk about, for example, religion and politics. Okay, let's just stay away from those subjects because we don't want to alienate people from our brand and we don't all have the same views within the company. That's quite a common one. And there's, you know, we don't swear. And we're not going to post photos of us out with our friends on a Friday night drinking. (laughs) But clear boundaries. And if there's any, not sure, have a single point of contact that they are... empowered and comfortable reaching out to to Mm -hmm. ask those questions um, and it not take a million years to get an answer Uh, I think that's that's the biggest first step is allowing them to know what they can and cannot post about I love that there's nothing more intimidating than a blank sheet of paper right you know so so being able to sort of sit down and sort of say Mm -hmm. here you are don't do this do this Uh, here's some examples that that feels really powerful thank you very much that's a great answer really 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 useful um Let's take the next question from from Gloria, uh, because in the time that we've been chatting, the the 54 questions is now going to 70. Uh, So (laughs) uh, we'll do our best to get through as many as possible. So Gloria uh, says to the company page, uh, so for Michelle, uh, how can you get your business page to be more visible? Uh, How often would you suggest to post on it? So um, you've used your greatest hits analogy there. So I think we've covered a lot of it, but um, is visibility the goal? And if it is, how how would you suggest that folks make their company page more visible? Look, as marketers, you're often measured on growth of followers or growth of impressions. And so that visibility is really something that you need to focus on. So I'd like to give some actionable tips that people can take away about my best content that I think works best on a um, company page. Mm -hmm. Number one, anything that has a photo of any employee doing anything taken with a smartphone, not the polished corporate headshots, park those, throw it away. (laughs) All those that want to heavily brand their posts, throw it away. Sorry, marketers. It doesn't belong on LinkedIn slight nods to your colors or maybe little logos down in the corner where it's just a little symbol that connects your brand. That's fine. But um, yeah, employees faces, it's a social platform, put the social into it. It's okay to be fun. It's okay to try new things like the memes, the gifts, like any of that kind of stuff is perfectly okay. When it comes to how often, now that comes down to how many resources do you have? Now, for most businesses, if you're a like say you're a one person marketing team. Uh, If you can get three posts done a week, I'm really, really happy. So the clients I work with three is more than enough. I'd rather you spend some more time building an employee advocacy program where you can get the employees to start building their personal brands like Leah just spoke to. So you can use the company page to help build up the employee's personal brands. And this is what I want people to think about. It's not a oh, it's only personal brand or it's only company brand or pages and profiles. It's how do I use each of them to build them up? Because there's only more benefits for both. So that could be just tagging an individual, showing their photo, praising them, showing how amazing they are. And then that way, what are they going to do for the company? Again, what goes around comes around on LinkedIn. So uh, yeah, for me, three times max, if you can only do one, that's fine. Just keep it ticking over. So if someone 
lands on the page that they know that you still exist, that you're a current business and yeah, just, just keep it ticking over, but ultimately no more than three. It's a waste of time for most businesses. Bang on. Thank you very much. That's great. We've got Heather um, up in Edinburgh who says, thank you, Michelle. This is going to help me guide my clients, which is bang on a really, really brilliant answer. Thank you. Um, so good. <laughs> uh, let's take the next one from Alice uh, as a, as a follow-up, because I think it's very much in the same vein. It's also on company pages, which is how do you encourage your target audience to comment on your LinkedIn posts? I've using, been using CTAs in every post, but it's still difficult to get engagement. Is there something I'm missing uh, for context? This is B2B cybersecurity, but yeah, okay. uh, cybersecurity is a special one. I've worked with a client in that space and no one wants to anyone to know what they do. So, but I will <laughs> give you an analogy. Imagine you're at a wedding. There's a dance floor. Everyone's had a fabulous day, probably a few drinks. The dance floor stays empty. The music is great, but no one wants to get on that dance floor first. So <laughs> until the first person gets up and dances, then the whole families, it stacks on, right? But that first person. So encourage your employees to go first. Nice. They will then have that ability that some of that commenting will show up to some of their community. But if your employees won't do it and support it, then no one else is going to because no one wants to be the only one. So create a space that is inviting, that's fun, um, and just be okay that, you know, sometimes people don't comment on company pages because you might actually have the solution to a problem that they have that mm. they don't want their boss to know about. They don't want their competitors to know that they found you. It can be all kinds of different reasons why they don't in that specific space. Mm -hmm. It does not mean that they're not watching, right? I get inquiries and in new business from people that I'm like, where did you come from? <laughs> and they're like, oh, remember this post you did? And I was like, you didn't do anything, right? So I know it doesn't feel good. I know that there's not dopamine hits on company pages. It's just something that you have to live with, um, which makes it tricky when you've got, you know, bosses that want numbers to go up, but uh, just keep it ticking over, keep persistent and build it over time. That's brilliant. Thank you very, very much. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the, the dance floor analogy. Um, <laughs> It, it doesn't unfortunately work w with myself in the sense that like uh, dragging me onto the dance floor, even at, at one o'clock in the morning, it's just not happening. It's just not happening. <laughs> I love that dance there, Michelle. It's wonderful. <laughs> um, you're the one we all drag on there, right? Yeah. So yeah you're yeah, the last yeah. person that comes on. <laughs> After a few tequilas, you can't get me off the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Right. Uh, Leah, um, a nice easy one for you, I think. Um, I think I've seen you write about this before, actually. Um, is it true that it's more optimal to hashtag within the copy, uh, within the body of the copy of your LinkedIn post or at the bottom? Is there even at a difference? Bottom. At Three the to five hashtags at the bottom. Do not put it in the body of the text. It's predominantly for accessibility. Um, I personally have ADHD and mm. I find hashtags in text. I will just scroll past. I won't read them. It makes it look chaotic and difficult to read. Um, it's not friendly for screen readers, for people who are visually impaired. So your hashtags should always be camel cased, which means you start each word with a capital letter for screen readers and placed at the bottom away from the body of the text. That's perfect. That's great. That's bang on. That's all that needs to be said. That's that's brilliant. And uh, Wendy in the chat goes ah oh, that's good to know Leah thanks uh, and we've got Francesca who's saying amen 
I've got Heather saying yes, Leah. Uh, Joe, wow, wow, we are hashtags. So, <laughs> and in fact, Nicole has given a great example in the chat there, saying camel case is great and uh, showing you how to camel case. So that's fab. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, take it to Nikki. Um, and I think this is actually a, a really thoughtful, meaningful question, um, which is every time a LinkedIn expert says something like carousels are the only way to go or only post with a selfie, every man and his dog starts to do it rapidly starts making it an annoying uh, thing see also polls uh, god remember when everyone was doing polls that was horrible uh, how can we avoid just becoming part of the crowd and bandwagon jumpers uh, maybe if we start with you leah but i think michelle uh, i'd love to take it to you too do what you want to do right mm. you need to do what works but what works is not posting a selfie with every single post and and this unpopular opinion but if you're relying on selfies for engagement, it's probably because your copy sucks mm -hmm. and people will get lazy with their copy because like if, if I put a selfie out every single day, I'd be riding high on thousands of likes every single day. But I'm getting attention from people just because it's a selfie and they think I look nice mm -hmm. and it's not my ideal clients. You even if you're posting a selfie, you need it to come with text that's worth reading. Otherwise, people are just clicking like because they like your face. That's not. It's not getting you the right attention from people that want to work with you, just getting you attention from people who like your face. Mm -hmm. So I avoid jumping on bandwagons in general by just doing a bit of everything. So sometimes I'll write a silly poem. Sometimes I'll post a meme. Sometimes I will post a carousel. It will be occasional selfies or a video. But I like to try and create a little bit of everything because people consume content differently. I'm not a video watcher. And for years, I didn't bother doing videos. And then I started doing videos and actually got such good results and leads from videos. I was like, okay, forget that I don't like videos. Other people like videos. Mm. So remembering that everybody has a different preference for the kind of content that they consume and create so that you cover all bases. You'll always have like a particular comfort zone. For me, it's text posts. I, I can write all day, every day if I, if I had the chance. Um, for me it's more long-winded to create videos or carousels but I know I need to do all of them and especially now that LinkedIn's activity section on your profile has changed and you can search you can look at content whether it's an image a text post a newsletter um, a document so it all appears differently so I think it's even more important now to try to create a range of different subjects forget what everybody else is doing and do what is right for the content of the post you want to create. Mm. If it leans itself to a carousel or it, it benefits from having a selfie with it, great. If it if it's unnecessary, don't do it. It's, hang on. It's, it's, it, you know, you, it's one of those, isn't it? I can feel long-term long listeners of the Market Meetup will know these these moments happen uh, regularly. I have gone very blurry you now. Uh, we'll know these happen, things uh, happen very regularly. Um where I get these shoulders relaxing moments, you know, where like, you know, it's like, oh, you get so caught up in these things where you're like, oh, I need to be doing a carousel. Oh, I need to be doing X, Y, Z, you know, just having someone tell you sometimes just do you, it's okay. You know, that's really reassuring. Um, Michelle, I wanted to take it to you as well. Um, did, did you have any uh, advice right here? So just to remind the question, um, it was about, um whether you should be jumping on 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 the various trends uh that folks that folks are getting involved with 
Look, the second you jump on a trend, the second that you follow the algorithm, you've lost sight of your ideal audience and building relationships. And for me, again, all my success on LinkedIn has come from creating what does my audience want and need and we all learn differently some of us like to read some of us like to listen Um, I have podcasts because there are people in my audience that hate reading I personally am with Leah I hate videos you know I love long form text newsletters are my favorite now Mm -hmm. if I was to just use newsletters most of my audience would be like you know maybe switched off you know so keep it rotated. Um, We won't go too much more into that. I just agree with everything that Leah said. Uh, We're all different. Your community is made up of all kinds of different people. So keep it on rotating. Nice. That's fabulous. Um, Thank you. I I, I do want to follow up on on this um, because it's an interesting thing. And it's something I've really struggled with, actually. You know, I I, I sort of see the trends and, and, and so on and so forth. And I know that the best advice is always, you know, just do you, just do you um there's part of me which from a marketing you know from a pure marketing sort of getting results or or even the dopamine hit sort of perspective sort of sees people getting a selfie or uh, getting lots of engagement on a selfie or whatever and goes ah oh, so that's how you do it you know is is there a balance here you know is is the the pure and only answer just do you or do we do we sort of nod to the trends sometimes and say you know what carousels are hot right now so maybe we should try and i don't want to say bend our message to be there but maybe we can tailor our message to be better for carousels um because i guess i fear that there's we lose pragmatism by just saying uh just do you um and i'm being devil's advocate here as well you know um or 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 is the purest answer just just do you uh, and if we take it to michelle first maybe Oh, I think for me, there's always an element of you should experiment and play around with new things just to see what works. Um, mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to have some fun and try different things. You know, if people aren't doing video because they're scared or paralyzed by some kind of fear, then I'm not going to encourage that. But at the same time, do I want you to sit there for eight hours and not do a post because mm-hmm. you're scared and someone said video is the hottest thing? Yeah. The thing is, we've got to weigh up. Who are you as a person? What are your goals? And what are you capable? of in your journey where you are right now so we're all at different stages um don't be afraid to play around and try new things uh you know we saw polls i hated them but did i use them sometimes to just get my name out further because Mm -hmm. ultimately it's all well and good for me to be righteous and say yeah just do you but at the end of the day if people don't see me and new people find me then you know they don't know I exist and i'm not going to get business so there's always a bit of a play around but for me just don't get so hung up on everything and the results like just experiment and be okay with that so um, I think we need to zoom out if you look at one post if you zoom out over one year two years five years it's a whole different perspective than one little post went 200 more impressions than the last post like you know look over a year or two years and it's just such a different feeling I love that. Thank you. And, and zooming out is is actually one of the themes of last week's talk. And, and it's great to see it coming through because again, as I mentioned to Leah, you know, the shoulders relax. You start to, to start to, uh, to find a bit I think more the trick is Joe just as well. I think someone just had a comment there when you've got a board of directors or a marketing manager or someone that you report into, there is always going to be that push for numbers. Um, and that typically 
impressions, engagement, or follower growth. And so you will have to try and go with some of these trends because they work and because you're getting measured, but it's, you know, I don't know what other KPIs that we can start to get people to look at, you know, whether it's conversations that are happening and those quality conversations, that's until they change, the behaviors won't change. And so I think that's where we're at right now. Yeah. Bang on. Thank you very, very much. Um, that's, that's really, really, really helpful. Really helpful. Um, next question. It comes from Kelsey, the amazing Kelsey, uh, it's actually directed at the company pages, but I'm going to, I'm going to switch it up and then I'll, I'll, I'll come back to, um, Kelsey. Cause one of the things that you mentioned earlier, Leah was about, um, was about posting yourself and posting your, your personal experiences and about yourself as a person and, and, and sort of having fun with you as, as a person, something I struggle with regularly is that, you know, I feel like there's almost like a forced vulnerability. Everyone kind of sees like the crying CEO and stuff like that. And it's like, um, in fact, Lewis Kemp had a, a post this morning about, oh, you just caught me, you know, working I candidly it, yes. at work. He, he WhatsApped it to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I wanted to ask you, how, how do you walk the line between being vulnerable and open and all that on LinkedIn without falling into those cliches? Do, do you worry about that sort of stuff or do you do you not worry about the cliches so much? And again, do you just fall back on being you? How do you think about that? I I do give thought of it to it because, you know, there is a real pressure. I think people see, they hear the word personal brand and they think I need to share my personal life. Yeah. And it's not the case because actually, when was the last time you saw me post about my, my romantic relationships? I don't talk about those. Mm-hmm. The, you don't hear me talk about my family beyond my son. Mm-hmm. I don't talk about my friends beyond the people that I engage with on LinkedIn. There's a very, very clear divide for me as to what I am willing to share and what I'm not. I have crossed the line occasionally um, and and sort of veered into, the, into a place that I wasn't necessarily comfortable with thinking because I know some good can come from it. Mm-hmm. But I think when you first start on LinkedIn, it's mostly about just sharing what you know that you're comfortable with but that line can change the more you get a tribe of people that you trust and engage with regularly what you're willing to share and what you want to share can sometimes evolve um, and you become a little bit more open to a little bit more vulnerability but there's no need to do it I think it's just finding where you need to consider your own safety obviously because it's the internet so I never share pictures of like my home and I never share my exact location and I don't talk about where my son goes to school or anything like that I think that's important for your own being comfortable um but I think you just need to think about which parts of me are marketable and relatable and am I comfortable talking about those things and do other people benefit from me sharing those things Mm -hmm. and I think that's the core of it is if I share that I'm um, a successful a person who is a single parent I'm empowering other single mums and if I talk about my imposter syndrome and how it sometimes nearly stops me but I overcome it it helps other people to overcome it so you're thinking about what the goal is of sharing it and what other people can gain from it and am I going to be comfortable making myself uncomfortable to help people if that's a yes cool share it but I think it's it's drawing that line between is it needed by other people and am I comfortable giving them that mm-hmm. and if not maybe don't share it it's it's not necessarily 
just posting a picture of yourself crying and talking about how bad your mental health is isn't actually going to help anybody else unless you're encouraging those people to help like giving them support and suggestions and tips and rather than you know just like life's shit and I hate everything and a sobbing photo because actually all you're doing is making other people feel really bad and I'm not saying you shouldn't open up about those things but there are appropriate avenues to take to open up about those things and actually posting it on the internet is probably going to cause more anxiety with the amount of messages mm-hmm. and things like that so I always I always think about the benefit of other people receiving the piece of content that I'm sharing and is that worth my sacrifice to to talk about it if if it that's you know if I am having to make sacrifice to talk about it absolutely thank you that's a really really thoughtful answer and I appreciate you know that I I, I don't think personally you know I'm, I'm hearing you sort of say that I don't think I've ever given any thought onto what are my what, what are my lines you know what what are mm. the things that I don't speak about you know I, I think broadly speaking I don't show my daughter's face as an example but I will mm. speak about my daughter um you know but that's um that's really useful so so thank you very much that's that's a really great answer um and very very much appreciated um I want to uh, quite a lot of the questions now are, are starting to get close to territory where we've explored so far so I'm going to skip ahead to um uh to to one further down because we've got a few minutes left and we'll make sure that we make this both uh wide and and useful so it's about a business page question it comes from justine uh justine asks uh i work for a company that would like me to get our followers up to 2500 by the end of the year i started this job in lockdown and we had about 400 followers we're now about 1600 but we don't have any money to advertise on linkedin so how else could i go about growing my following besides getting internal colleagues to ask their followers to join the company page and I guess I want to throw that up as a as a growth question but then also Michelle like is that without meaning to question Justine's motivations you know is followers the thing that we should be targeting here or are we are we uh, should be thinking about something else Look, ultimately, if you're employed by someone else and that's the goal that you've been given, we have to play to that, right? And mm-hmm. I've worked with clients where they just wanted to have more than their competitors in the space. That was the only goal, to have the biggest. Uh, no matter how much I said, look, is quality over quantity, that didn't matter because someone at the end of the day is getting paid to meet that goal. So let's just say that that's where we're headed. Uh, The first thing that I would do is absolutely make sure you use your 250 invite credits every month and target them at your ideal audience. Now, what you can do is rotate through some other people in the team. So it might be your sales team has more connections. Your CEO has more connections. You can make them a temporary page admin and ask them to help contribute and invite those 250 a month. If you haven't used them regularly, that's your fastest way to grow and use the filters for your industry. As employees, we now actually get 30, let me make sure this is right. I think it's 30 invite credits per month where as an employee, you can invite 30 without being a page admin. As individuals on the platform, we also get 50 credits per month that we can send people to any company page anywhere, right? So I can send them to Leah's company page. I can send them to the marketing media one. And quite often I do that where I've got a customer that I think would get benefit out of somebody else's service, which might be complementary to mine. 
but it's a team sport. Uh, how you're going to grow it is also having more valuable content, right? And so not just keep ticking it over. You're going to have to go next level. For me, newsletters are that next level and LinkedIn lives. They're my two things that I would say on a company page are where I would double down um, and really go hard because the company page, again, you can invite more people, promote that event and Everything that I do on LinkedIn is organic. I don't do any page strategies. So um, that's where I would focus your time. That's incredible. Bang on. Thank you very, very much. That's a really, really sensible suggestion. I really, really appreciate that. And that's our time. Uh, that is, that's that's an hour that has flown by. Um, there are 86 questions in total. I've just been trying to answer a few of them. <laughs> You've done an incredible job. I've, I've noticed in the chat and, and thank you very, very much as well for that, Leah. Um, what we'll also do is make sure we capture those questions. Um, and one way or another, we'll try and get them answered through the marketing meetup, whether that's with Leah, Michelle or, or myself. Um, we'll, we'll figure it out, but um, we'll, we'll get those questions answered for you one way or another. Um Thank you both so much for today's session. Like really, really useful, very, very practical, um, good vibes all around. Um, you're both absolute legends. So thank you very much. And thank you also to the community for turning up in force with some wonderful, wonderful questions. Like you're always people here. It was awesome. <laughs> it's a lot no, of people. It's crazy. And especially because <laughs> you messed around with the time so you could accommodate me. So I appreciate you all. Not at all. No, you 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 are. Absolutely wonderful. That's my dog that's just had the world's longest drink and decided to shake right by the microphone <laughs> in the background as well. So, so that's great. Uh, thank you, everyone. Thank you both. And um, we're back again uh, next Tuesday. So we'll see you then. Um, but in, in the meantime, thank you and uh, see you very soon. Take care, Bye. everyone. Cheers. <laughs>